<laughs> hey, welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast. I'm laughing because I was just looking up the political correctness, uh, and that's how I determine what's politically correct. Not what's in my head or in my heart. I ask uh, a search engine driven by the world's largest company to tell me if it's political. That's, that's who my overlord is. Hey, Google, is this... How do people regard the term fat? Is that offensive? Is that PC? And Google's like, actually, it is pretty offensive to most people who are overweight. Uh, And they actually prefer to be called healthy. (laughs) Which, let's be honest, is the fucking opposite of the term I was searching for. So, you can't have your cake and and not pretend people aren't going to (laughs) notice. That's what I was laughing at. Thank you so much for joining. Um, challenge to figure out the day and time thing here. I don't want to bore you more, but this is for the, for the newer listeners. I still am trying to iterate two months into this or whatever this is, a month and a half into this process, when the podcast should come out. Because what I don't want is for it to be an obligation. I don't want it to be a deadline. I don't want it to feel in any way that it's work for me. And the reason for that is I am lazy and have no ambition. No, it's not, that's not really the truth. The truth is I want it to be organic. I want it to come from a place of I can't wait to go down into the basement and sit in that chair and talk shit. I don't want it to be, oh, fuck, it's Sunday night. I told the audience, the burgeoning audience, that I would have a podcast released for them. And I don't want it to become a thing because I feel like if it's a thing, the quality of the product, which is shaky at best, will be challenged. So it's Monday, November 16, 2020. When will I put this out? I'm starting to come around to the idea that I should put a podcast out at least every Wednesday. Why Wednesday? I don't know exactly. Because it's a strategic. At least 30 minutes every Wednesday. Half an hour, halfway through the week, on Drive Time, Dave and the River. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'll start there. 30 minutes. Wednesday and Sunday? I don't know. And I'll, fig- I'll just have to figure out how, the, how comfortable I am talking about, meaning how clear can I keep shit straight in my head and not have it turn into Inception podcast where it's like, this is recorded on this day, but I'm talking in the future as if time has already passed. And you know what? No, I have not seen the movie Inception. But I've seen enough open mic comedy to have a pretty good idea about it. It's like the Joe Rogan experience. Never listened to it, but I have a pretty good idea about it. I also was looking at the most popular podcasts and when they come out. Because I want to go at the throne. And it looks like the two most podcasts... Two most podcasts. (laughs) Baby, you're the most. The two most popular podcasts. And this really is a demonstration of how secure I am in my content and and the the just the sheer belief that you, the listener, in Slovenia, wink wink, Washington DC, Melania. Newer listeners, I don't know if you're aware, but I have at least one Slovenian listener, and most of us here are pretty certain it is First Lady Melania Trump. So that's very exciting. But I think it is pretty secure of me to say, hey, listeners, including 
Mel. That's what I call her, Mel. I'm going to tell you about the two most popular podcasts in the world, and you're going to be like, why the fuck would I want to listen to those, dude? We have you sitting here talking about nothing other than the structure of your podcast. Apparently, those podcasts are either or both the Joe Rogan Experience, which I mentioned a second ago and have never heard, and the This American Life podcast on National Public Radio. I'm Corva Coleman. Here's what's happening. I drove along a dusty road reminiscent of a time in America when John Steinbeck cast his gaze across the frontier. The dust, the worn, torn, desolate crops in America. Am I doing a fucking hack NPR impression? Yes, and I apologize for that. Because it's the most fucking popular podcast in the world. And also, NPR podcaster, that America that doesn't exist fucking exists exactly as it did back then. You just don't see it. We just don't see it from the gaze of our great metropolises. <laughs> it's still out there. Just drive around between the cities and you'd be like, it's fucking exactly like Steinbeck wrote. And that's why the vote looked like it did. I think. I don't, I don't know anything about why people vote the way they do. I don't, I don't want to say I don't know anything about it, but yeah, just move around the country and you'll see that it's different than where you live. America, This American, I couldn't figure out when Joe Rogan podcast comes out. It looks like it might come out every day with three plus hours of content. And in this order, hats off to him for doing that. And actually, in the reverse order, Joe second, hats off to him for doing that. But first... Hats off to his fucking listeners for consuming all that content. Y'all are the real heroes. And I guess that's why he has a $500 million contract with Spotify. Which I also have a contract with Spotify. Spotify, their subsidiary or app, whatever anchor that I produced this through, we have agreed that I will do this, provide this content for them and their network, and they will enable me to broadcast my perspective to the world and we do it without any money exchanging hands so that's pretty cool i don't have to fucking pay them not amazing i can talk in my basement into a microphone into my phone and it's called anchor by spotify is like you know what don't worry about it we'll take it across the globe so slovenians in washington dc can listen to it that's amazing I can't tell when the Rogan experience comes out. I'm going for the throne, so I might as well try to be as popular as Joe Rogan. Sounds uh, like a different life. And then also This American Life on NPR. That one comes out, it looks like, every Friday. Okay, you're right. I've gone way too far into the weeds on this. But uh, for now, 30 minutes on Wednesday will be the approach. 30 minutes on Wednesday but also probably other podcasts throughout. So if you need a, does that, and I'll have to figure that out. And this is not entertaining. I agree. I will have to figure out if erratically putting out podcasts, ah, I'll just figure it out. And I just want you to know that I'm thinking about it. If you have any thoughts as ever, feel free to let me know. 
as people have been doing with the reviews. Whew, I am so grateful for the reviews that have been coming in on the podcast. There are reviews now handwritten or typed, typed, texted, thumbed into Apple Podcasts. I'm so grateful that you took however long you did to do that because you knew whether you believe your words or not, and I think you do, you knew it would be beneficial to the podcast. So thank you very much for doing that. And also, as I said last time, thank you to the person who left the one-star review because that signaled to me the podcast is not as good as I think it is. (laughs) Or it's exactly as good as I think it is because you don't like it. Or finally, you referred it to someone who you knew would not like it. Ah, that reminds me. I don't know if you are aware of the New York, formerly Atlanta, New York comic Alvin Kwai. My friend Alvin Kwai has a podcast called The Unpolished. It's called Unpolished. And I was discussing my one-star review on the last episode of this podcast. Also, how many of Ever Minutes In I am now failed to tell you about a show that I have coming up. Gotta get on that. Well, asshole, why don't you figure out what the podcast is before you subject us to that? Then you'll know as soon as you start talking, mention the show, and we can come hear you talk shit. It's a great point. Alvin has a podcast that he's been doing longer than I've been doing mine. And apparently he saw me, as the Brits say, whinging (laughs) about my one-star review last week. And he sent me a note saying somebody gave him a one-star review on the very same day. We both had unblemished one-star. We we were one-star pure. And he said someone gave him a one-star review on the same day. (laughs) And we are self-important enough to think we know who the person is. <laughs> no, sorry, not that we know who the person is. We're self-important enough to think that there is a person who dislikes us both enough <laughs> and truly is unhappy enough in their own lives <laughs> to give us a one-star rating. That's how self-important we are. He broached the idea, and I was like, you know what? When I saw his text saying he got a one-star review too. I'm like, I think I know who that person could be. (laughs) How self-important is that, that we think we are so disliked by one single person, that person would take the time to try to negatively affect our standing in the podcast universe? And I don't see my one-star review. I don't, we didn't, Alvin and I didn't talk about it. I don't see my one-star review as a negative impact. Because this is how I always uh, dismiss any criticism of myself from others. (laughs) I feel like a one-star review of this podcast tells me more about you than it does about me. That's why if you have a goddamn one-star review, please write in length about it. Take it as a challenge to yourself. To be smarter, more clever, more right than I am. And write a nice long one-star review. Let us know what you see and hear. Personally, 
I don't think that Alzer and I move people or move one person enough to compel them to leave a one-star review. Because even though Alvin is a comic in New York and I'm a comic in Atlanta, and we know we have mutual associations in each city, even for stand-up comics, I don't think there is someone out there with enough void of the soul to do that. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm comic. other comics like, dude, we're fucking comics. Of course we we are the brokenest. But Alvin not only suggested, whatever, we shared the idea that it is one person. And on top of that, we know who the person is. <laughs> Which is, uh, it's great and fascinating. And I don't believe, I, I just believe one person doesn't like Alvin. And one person doesn't like me. And it does not mean that they're the same person. And, and by the way, one person, whatever you say when you leave a review, is speaking for 10 or 100. So hundreds of people don't like us individually, but I'm not, and, and probably those Venn diagrams overlap, but I, I am not sold on the idea it's the same person. Not sold on it. But check out Alvin's podcast, Unpolished, available everywhere. Also, when I was looking at the most popular podcasts, there was another Another one mentioned by a man whose name escapes me at the moment. But it had at least one United States flag in its uh, imagery. So you know he's more of an American than you are. And somewhere, so I was like, I have never heard of this guy, but there are lots of people that I've never heard of. I didn't know of that movie Parasite until they said we're making this movie that's a parody of Parasite. Turns out it's the most popular movie of all time. And I filmed the parody of it last weekend. And uh, my acting really uh, lends itself well to projects that don't pay a lot of money. Had a great time with some hilarious people. My gosh, what a what a good set that was. It was a really fun set. I felt safe. I felt uh, just good. Com- and it, COVID makes it great because, like, yeah, we're just sitting around waiting to do our stuff. But let's let's just. It was nice to be around people and bullshit and uh, talk with some really funny comics and just let them rip and <laughs> crack up. Try to get in where I could and uh, had a good time. Hopefully, the project turned out as the writer and director envisioned it. But, speaking of being out of touch, I don't know who this guy is with all the flag imagery in his podcast, but apparently it's a very popular podcast. And he's American, if I didn't mention that. And I was like, who is this guy? Like, meaning, who is this guy? And... I still don't know who his name is. He was like a cop. He was a Secret Service agent. And it said his mission statement is owning the libs. <laughs> like his ancestors did. Didn't say that part. But that was, his, that was his, his mission, is owning the libs. And I've said it all along. It's such a brilliant, brilliant political platform 
to want nothing other than to make the other team mad. <laughs> it's a, it's policy by troll. It's so fucking brilliant because, as I think I've said before, it puts the onus on the other person to not get mad. <laughs> you keep flicking my ear on this bus, and I'm just going to pretend like it doesn't bother me. <laughs> it doesn't. Am I... It's remarkable. Americans, we need to do better for ourselves. We're starting with water. New listeners, go back and you'll figure out we're starting with water and we're starting with hey-ya. We can agree on those two things. I think the third component of my platform is not going to be Troy Aikman (laughs) or draft beer. (laughs) Fucking idiot. But it's it's going to have to do with I think probably some component of effort. Not work hard. Maybe. Maybe it's that. Anyway, I, I don't know the point of mentioning that other guy's podcast, but he's pretty he's pretty American, I guess. And of course, his Secret Service buddies like didn't like the fact that he's, you know, pounding his chest trying to use their whatever. I do have a comedy show, and if you've listened thus far, you're like, why? I, I get it. Well, you would not want to hear me fucking. You've listened. You've wasted 17 minutes of your time already listening to me, but I am supposed to do one more comedy show tomorrow night. No, two, Wednesday night. Who knows? That's where the inception things happen. Wednesday night, last week, for the second time in my comedy career, I had a show rained out. It's very rare in comedy to have a show rained out. But that show at that great bar, El Mir and Little Five Points, it was uh, canceled because of rain. It's rescheduled for this Wednesday. However, I do have, because I'm scared and I'm owned, I do have quite a bit of trepidation regarding the old coronavirus. If you want to see a comedy show, first and foremost, go to El Mir on Wednesday, November 18, which might be the day this podcast comes out. I... At the moment, I'm going to be performing there. But the showrunner was so nice and thoughtful that I said, hey, if my wife and I keep talking ourselves into this is not a great idea, then I'm going to bail on the show. And he said, totally get it. You pussy. He didn't say that. So there is a comedy show Wednesday night, November 18, in Atlanta, Georgia, at Elmere and Little Five Points. I know... The person running it is funny, and I know uh, at least one other comic who's going to be on the show, Joe Kelly, one of my dear friends in Atlanta comedy, who's hilarious, and you should seek him out. It's, You know why you should do stand-up comedy, and if anybody's curious about it? or Because you get to hang around the funniest fucking people. I know that there are funny people outside of stand-up comedy, but one of the greatest things about stand-up is you're always around most of the time once you sort of uh, move through the open mic scene. You're around funny people all the time, and that's so great. Like, I get to hang around with Joe Kelly and talk shit with him, and he cracks me up. I had a dream last night. I had a dream last night that Bob Place, one of my favorite people, and Katie Hughes, one of my favorite and best comics around, that somehow we were drinking shots of Jameson and bottles of Budweiser. Not getting ripped, but just had like a, 
at a little at a little bar. And I just when I I did little bar, I did Trump hands. Like I, I put them together like Wu Tang and then spread them apart. A little bar. Katie Hughes, Bob Place, and I were drinking little shots of Jameson and nursing bottles of Budweiser. I don't even know if they drink right now. <laughs> Which is how I always talk about people I know and they're drinking. It's never they don't drink. It's it's, it's temporary or there's some less than permanence to it. And in my dream, we were just fucking talking shit and having a good time. One of the last things I did last night before I went to sleep was watch uh, an Instagram video of LeVar Walker talking shit about somebody. And I was cracking up. And I sent him a text saying, dude, my wife and I are laughing at this video of you making fun of a crackhead who stole a bunch of clothes. That's why you should do comedy. Because you get to be around funny people all the time. And it really is good for the soul. So if you go to El Mir on Wednesday night, you'll see a lot of funny people. It's, 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 it's great. Hopefully I'll be there. But I'm very coronavirus sensitive now. I am because it's going to the moon. It's going to the moon and I'm scared. But I did a show on Friday night in Buford, Georgia. It was run by another hilarious... And again, stood outside the venue talking shit with Landon Lackey and Crystal Pierce. Just laughing and talking shit. It was really fun show is run by Plug Chapman, but Buford, Georgia is way up there. And how far outside of Atlanta is it? It's the black comics were telling each other to make sure they got home safely far away. That gives you an idea of where it was. It was a, it was a great show. Uh, paid well. Crowd was good. Nobody, and I mean not a single person in the venue was wearing a mask. <laughs> Because they're not scared in Buford, Georgia. And why would they? They're in Buford fucking Georgia. The only thing they have to be scared of in Buford, Georgia is the internet. That's the only thing I can see them being scared of. I went second to last. Land and closed. I went second to last. And <clears throat> yeah, Crystal and I were the only people with masks on. So we stood outside. And just talk shit with Landon, who <laughs> I'll leave it to you to to uh, get Landon's mask it protocol adherence from him. But we just talk shit. I went second to last, did 15 minutes or so, and I came right out and said, four more years. And then uh, they were like, whoa. Because I, I told the black comics that I was going to do that and then I told the crowd I'm just kidding I didn't vote for Trump I didn't vote which is hack but um, was fine there was a there was a, a table right in front of me that instantly didn't like me instantly didn't like me well how do you know it's not all in your head well because I'm old enough and have been around enough and have instantly not liked people myself <laughs> That I can tell when someone's like, fuck this guy. Just by the way I say hello, or four more years, or whatever it is. <laughs> or that I didn't vote, or uh, drape a United States flag around myself. But these looked like, they looked like Harley retirees. Like, like they, they, they were hardish men, 
not hard men, hard-ish men, harder than I. And their women were just, they just looked at me just so judgmentally. That's, that's what I felt, which is what all comics should feel when you get on stage. Uh, they looked like, if I had to speculate, they would be in their mid-50s and maybe had a construction business or I'm putting them in the trades construction business or owned a tile shop or store or distributor I don't know what but uh, instantly felt they didn't like me and I felt that we were I, I instantly had that they can tell I'm a race trader you know they can tell that I'm not holding it down for the whites and uh, which is I had this thought how fucking incredibly disloyal of me is that? <laughs> like, after all they've done for me. That's, uh, it made me understand I'm not empathizing with, I'm not, it made me understand the feeling cops get, bad cops get, when good cops say, hey, this is fucked up. Like, dude, do you, you're scabbing us right now. Do you know how much you benefit from all this bad coppery? I, I, I was like, holy shit. That, it, it's, it's sketchy, quite frankly. I mean, I believe it's my, my truth. I have to say it. But it is kind of sketchy, I feel like, that I sell out white people because whiteness has made my life fucking a breeze, relatively speaking. And then I'm like, this is fucked up, white people. They're like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> so I think they can tell that. And... Certainly me talking right at the beginning about four more years and then saying I didn't vote did not help me with this table. But I usually, and I don't want to say I always do well, the further I go away from the city, my act I don't think is city dependent. I I have material where I can talk to uh, everyone, I feel like. And now it sounds like I'm being patronizing or something, and, and I guess I am. People who I perceive maybe read different newspapers than I do or or have different, I don't know, different things they think about all the time. I'm talking about the fucking partiers in the back of that place that I was killing with. Those are the people I usually, I, I usually do well with them. I usually do well with them. I can, sp- maybe because I can speak bar. But the people in front did not like me and practically were turning to, well actually one guy had his back turned to me because of the way the table was configured and there was this and and at there I said they were hardish men that one of them kind of had like a handlebar mustache like a white handlebar mustache and i'm not saying he was member a member of the aryan brotherhood at all i'm not saying that i'm not saying that but he was adjacent to that I'm just saying the way he looked and he was the hardest looking man and he he looked kind of like Jesse Ventura that if you can conjure that image of a a man as they say who uh, can take care of himself that's what he looked like and he was just kind of looking at me stone-faced as they all were and then I told a joke that he couldn't refuse, and he broke in that hard Aryan Brotherhood, Corcoran State Prison face broke, 
those guys you can't tell like are you locked up or are you the guard that kind of look and then he started cracking up <clears throat> and uh i did my 15 minutes it was fine and fun and the point of this is i i got out of there and my wife and i do these things when we're i don't want to say forced out into public but we go out in the public and come back and like we say to each other do you think you have the coronavirus like do you think you got it and I felt that because I stayed outside long enough with my mask on, I got in, got out, got home, I felt very much like uh, March 14th, 2020, when I wanted to do my last spots and get home and shut it all down for six months before, during quarantine, lockdown. I had that feeling on Friday night, like, I think I survived it. And Saturday didn't seem... So we'll see if that how that plays with Wednesday, because be back out there being soft and scared and being owned by others <clears throat> we'll see but go to Elmir it's a great bar last night I went over to a neighbor's house after the girl went to sleep after to put the girl down and I went over to the neighbor's house because they were having a drink in the backyard and what had turned into Three people, all of a sudden, was like nine people. Literally, the events, the CDC and the Fauci's, big Fauci keep talking about, are the events that keep this fucking thing going. And I was like, I thought it was only two people. There were two people going to be here. And they even said, some, one of them said, someone said, are you going to be mad because they didn't tell you it was more of a party? I'm like, not mad. I'm glad you live in a huge place with, uh, and we're drinking out here on this backyard open air patio thing. But I didn't, I wasn't mad. However, there was a, there was a man and a woman there, friends of my neighbor. And the man started telling a story about listening. He was trying to connect with me on comedy, but he had, because he knew I did comedy. I'd, I'd met him before. He was trying to connect with me on comedy, but unfortunately, the way we were positioned across the room, he was... Everyone else... The unfortunate thing is everyone else had to listen to him talk. Us us talk. Which, you know, like, they might have just wanted to do their own thing. But he started trying to connect on comedy, telling me a story about listening to Jonah Hill on Howard Stern... And it just kept going. But everybody's listening. And I don't know this guy well enough to say, dude, where the fuck is, you know, where the fuck is this going? I don't know him that well. And I think he's like my neighbor's best friend. So I just, you know, I'm smiling and nodding and interesting. And But it's really, as you'd say in a joke, there's a lot of air in there. <laughs> he started talking about Jonah Hill's parents and Judd Apatow's here, and all of a sudden, there's neither. I mean, I was waiting, and finally, Seth Rogen showed up in the story. None of it was building to anything, and none of it was interesting. <laughs> I, you know, like this podcast, probably like today, but I'm trying to. I thought I had something I wanted to say, I thought it was organic. I didn't come down and feel like this is a burden. But this guy keeps going and going and going. And his wife's there. And I know she knows he's bombing. Because <laughs> later on, I found out she's a comedy fan. 
She said she went and saw Judah Friedlander and thought he was great, and she's a comedy fan. But he's going on and on and on, and fortunately, he gets the light, essentially. If you're not a comic, when uh, just what the light means is when your set is, should be about over, whether it's you know one minute away from being over, five minutes away, 15 minutes You'll, you'll get a light from the back of the room from another opening feature comic or from uh, the venue itself, whoever's running the show. They'll put on a light, and when you see the light, that just means you have X number of minutes to wrap up your act. Well, this guy never saw the light, which is called running the light. <laughs> he ran the light, but fortunately the light came or the hook came in that his phone started ringing, which... I, with whom I think was his son on the line. And so he gets up and he crosses the room through everyone, not at a social distance. He crosses the room and picks it up like, hey, buddy, how you doing? And like, that's the guy. I just paint him with that one, that one impression. Southern guy, some money probably, is just accustomed to fucking talking for nine minutes and having eight people hang on his word. And it's going to go until he gets a phone call from somebody else that he has to talk to. <laughs> that's who the guy was. I, he's very friendly and likable, but that's who that guy was. And at the end, at the conclusion of that, my neighbor's lady, uh, my neighbor's girlfriend said, Wow, I didn't know where that story was going. And they're also polite, right? That I just said, you know what? Neither did he. <laughs> and it worked. It it hit. <laughs> um, was that, that I was telling you that story to get my good joke in there? No, there had to be more there. Anyway, it was a fucking eye-wateringly boring story. But that's what it was. It was about social distancing. I'm I'm very conscious about trying to. Not, I haven't had it yet. I don't want to get it. I'll figure it out. Please wear a mask. Please be safe. I think this will count as 30 minutes for Wednesday. That's when I'll put it out. It should be more funny and more entertaining. And I promise that not each of these podcasts will be so self-referential and meta. Like, so, hey, everybody, what do you think if I if I did the volume like this or I did some music at the beginning? Like, That's not your fucking concern. But I'm glad that you're listening. And if you do have any insights, feel free to send them. And if you're going to give me a one-star review, at least have the decency to write a review and tell us all what is so miserable about your life. <laughs> all right. I will talk to you very soon.